Inverse Genius Episode 46, Fortnightly Still Learning How to Podcast. In this episode, Donald Wrangles, Bruce Vogue III, and John Manis to bring a bit of excitement and joy into your life to where we talk about puppets, headphones, arcade games, and Bruce Willis. Hey, do you know you can go over to podpledge.com and search for Inverse Genius and you'll see our Podpledge page. All that money goes to help support the ongoing podcasting costs. We truly appreciate it. Thanks. Welcome to another episode of the Inverse Genius Fortnightly. I'm Donald Dennis. You can find me all over the wilds of the internet as Lostfio. And today I'm excited to bring back two of my dearest friends uh, on the internet or off. Uh, and we're going to start off with the guy whose brainstorm this was, uh, Mr. Bruce Vogue the Third. Hey, how in the hell are you, the Donald Dennis? I'm doing so very well. Uh, how about yourself, man? You know, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, we are putting this together at the last minute because uh, old Uncle Bruce was supposed to put together a crew uh, to make this. And he reached out to folks and they said, yeah, Uncle Bruce, we want to be a part of this. And I was like, that's awesome. And then almost all communication stopped. So as a note, if you're out there and you want to do a show, uh, let me know. And hopefully uh, some of the folks that I reached out to will get back to me and we'll have uh, different people. So we're going to give them a second chance then. Is that what I'm hearing? Of course we are. We're, if nothing, forgiving here. Uh, just, you know, uh, everybody's signals got crossed. It's the summer. People are going off to lake houses, I think. That's what they tell me people do. I don't know. Mm. I'm always in this house. But, hey, give people chances. Right. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got, of course, bring on once again, or, well, we've already brought him on. We've had him on. Uh, he's been had. But Mr. John Manus. Hey, John. Hey, everybody. It's me again. Yay. 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 <laughs> All right, so uh, real quick, Bruce, one place. Where can you be found on the internet? Uh, you know what? Let's uh, let's push the Party Podcast. Hey, um, I'm also the moderator of the Party Gamecast, featuring the Party Gamecast, a podcast about party games and games to take to parties. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Party Gamecast or go to thepartygamecast.com or uh, where, where, whatever you did to find this, wherever that is, <laughs> yes. look up the Party Gamecast. It's a show about party games, but mostly <laughs> it's a show about snack food. Mm. And John, how about yourself? Where where can you be found? Uh, well, for the most part, you can find me on Swarmcast Podcast at swarmcastpodcast.com. Not to be confused with the um, Iowa uh, Hawkeyes Swarmcast Podcast. Oh, <clears throat> oh. Uh, I guess the words are just too good for only one person to have access to them. <laughs> Awfully nice of you to share it with them. Um, we appreciate that. But Actually, on, a hu- on a huge... Well, on a humorous note, I've been getting a lot of Twitter followers who are uh, fans of the the Iowa Hawkeyes. So nice. Huzzah so how much <laughs> how much could the Hawkeyes pay you for the name Swarmcast Podcast, and then we just have you on our shows all the time? Because I've got um, no money to pay you. Hmm. That's, I guess, the underlying <laughs> message here. <laughs> I mean, if they want to talk to me about that, they can. Um, I'm more than willing okay. to listen. <laughs> We'll float that out there then. All right. So I uh, guess we should let everybody know what this is all about. And and I've been describing it as show and tell for for geeks. If you've got something you're really excited about, this is where we share it with people. We want to get people happy and excited about the things that they're happy and excited about. Only since we don't actually have cameras, we're not showing anything. So it's really just tell and tell. Um, yeah. And that's about when my pitch loses steam. Bruce, maybe you can help me with this. 
I want you to know, Donald. So the one thing people know about me is uh, I whenever I do these kinds of pitches, like we're talking about now, is I do them over and over and over again to every person, and then I listen to how other people do it, and then I steal their best material, and I mm. use it myself, and I pretend it was mine the whole time. And your pitch is what I use when I tell people about it. Uh, oh. I do the same. I say, hey, look, it's like show and tell, but a, a podcast. So it's tell and tell. Uh, whatever you tell, tell us so we can tell people so they can tell people. Right. Okay. Well, if it's not, if it's, if it's good enough for Bruce to use, it's certainly good enough for me to use. Um, and John, you have to use it now too. I think that's the new rule. Sounds fine to me. I thought it was a very accurate description of it. (laughs) It's accurate. It's concise. It's bouncy. It's got a good four, four time. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's an absolute bop, Donald. Good work. Excellent. And we need a good one sheet on this so that we can send it out to people to convince them to be on the show because I, I just about had the craftsman uh, willing to come on the show now. I've talked to him about it and he's nice. like, well, I'm still learning oh, how to podcast. Man. And so I think it would be amazing to have him just show up and talk about something that he likes and we could all sit cozy in that deep, rich, warm voice of his. Oh, that would be fantastic. And you're, and you're like, we're still learning how to podcast too. <laughs> Yeah, it's since 2007. Apparently, we are still learning because we're oh, we, some someone make the T-shirt. That's right. Still learning um, how to podcast since 2007. Since 2007. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, our buddy Sean uh, posted this thing. What is it that you think you're an expert on? And I couldn't put podcasting. I really couldn't. No. So, but anyway, <laughs> enough about that. Uh, now let's look back a little bit in time to stuff we have previously discussed. Uh, John, what do you think about the new season of Rick and Morty? It's uh, it's pretty interesting so far. There's a lot of, I don't know, it, it, there's, it's, there's been a lot of really neat things that they've been doing with it. I, I, I feel I'm just, that. I'm just going to say, unlike yeah. some previous seasons, I don't feel necessarily like this is one I want to watch with the son. Yeah, you know, okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> there's some stuff here I'm not, not excited to watch with the kid. You know, I mean, even though he's in his 20s at this point. I'm still like, right. yeah, no, no. Well, I, yeah, and I, I feel like uh, them having a, a slightly better writing um, staff, and a more diverse writing staff, and them having the 70-plus episode contract has kind of freed them up to do a lot of the s- stuff that they're doing right now. Right. And it's been, been nice. Bruce, are you a fan? So I've seen a couple of episodes. I wouldn't call myself a fan um, I wouldn't say I dislike it. It's not like I've seen a couple and didn't get into it. It's that, like I catch one here and one here. And I'm like, I should watch more of that. And then I just get lost into some other series somewhere and I don't get back to it. So I hope to get into more of it, but it's not a thing that's like latched me in enough that I've had to sit and binge watch uh, like I have some other weird content here and there. Right. Well, if you got HBO Max, not a sponsor of the show, you have access <laughs> to all the previous seasons of Rick and Morty. Uh so that you can watch it uh, without having to go and track it down. But this current season doesn't seem to be popping up yet. I don't know what the delay is on that, but eventually I'm sure it will. Yeah. Maybe there's some kind of random time thing. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who cares? All right. Uh, So (laughs) uh, the other thing I think we need to talk about is Loki. So here's the spoiler warnings to say we might get a little spoiler spoilery on the first four episodes of Loki right now. And the fifth episode, when we kick John off for just a moment, um, Ooh, all right. So, John, uh, is this Loki show meeting up with your uh, expectations or hopes for the show? 
Um, well, I was hoping it was going to deal with time travel and multiverse stuff. So yes, it is meeting my expectations of the show. <laughs> and I, and I, and I was like, and Loki, um, you know, it's like, Oh, this will be an interesting character because with, uh, honestly, since the, with the second Thor movie on forward, I thought he was a much more interesting character and, um, right. And that's what we're getting. We're getting the more interesting character. Uh, plus, I, I um, what's her face, Miss Minutes? I, I I love that character so much. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's all pretty cool. The they have given Loki more of a depth to his character than we'd seen in any of the previous mm-hmm. movies. I think um, for certain, and a breadth too. But that's a different issue entirely, I guess. Um, yeah, so I, I'm liking it a lot. Uh, Bruce, are you, you all on for this? Yeah, no, I, I really, really enjoy it. Um, I agree. I'm very amused by Miss Minutes. Uh, actually, Donald and I were unrelated talking about this earlier, just because I love any time kind of cartoon things interact in a real-world environment. Uh, it's the <laughs> uh, I love uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit in me. Uh, mm. So I love that. Plus, Tara okay. Strong getting to do it, I think it's kind of cool. Um, it gives the because the MCU, one of the things about the MCU is they have signed the checks to buy everyone. <laughs> uh, like, like I don't know how Schwarzenegger hasn't appeared in. I don't know how Will Smith hasn't ended up in. I'm waiting for when. And I know some of them are in the DC stuff, but I don't think it matters. I don't know who John Cena will be, but he will. I don't know who The Rock's going to be, but he will. Because there's only like there's only like eight people left in Hollywood that haven't somehow had a part of this. So I'm glad that Tara Strong, for everything she's done for kind of voice acting over these years, they found Mm -hmm. some part to get her in. So it I have listened to far too many podcasts about the various Marvel TV stuff. And it wasn't until WandaVision happened that they had just sort of anybody who was in love with acting and being a big name actor would say, yes, we'll take your call. It's like, even, even though they had Robert Redford uh, appear in a show and some other big name stuff, it wasn't just that they had the carte blanche to approach anybody that they wanted and drag them into the studio would make them do a stupid thing like has happened now in Loki even, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that now it has that much wider appeal, right? And that the actors are now going, Oh, you guys do stuff with actual acting in it and not just, you know, spandex and wires. So oh, we will de- see definitely. more. And I think that was the, and I think that's the beauty of what the current MCU is doing, which is they're like, okay, well, sometimes we're a buddy cop movie. And sometimes we're a classic action movie and sometimes we're a spy thriller. And then, you know what? Let's just make like one real weird, like indie thing where we just (laughs) kind of go through, like, let's just go through grief. Let's just try that. But like, you know, kind of in a comic book way. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think, I mean, and even though like, if you take a look, even at the spandex and jumping around movies, we were getting Glenn close in one of them. I think, um, yes, yes, a lot of heavy hitters in yeah. some of those. And I think with those heavy hitters agreeing, and then I agree with you with WandaVision now. Yeah. If you're out there and you're like, I'd like to win an Emmy, you can now say, well, m- maybe Disney or maybe Disney and Marvel is a place where I could get my Emmy. Who knows? Right. 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 I will say though, that a lot of folks have learned their lesson from having watched WandaVision and then uh, Falcon and the winter soldier, because mm-hmm even though they're speculating about, Ooh, it could be this, it could be this. There aren't as many people 
just saying, well, we want to throw this random person in because this reference could be tied to it. And this is obviously what it has to be. People are sort of figuring out that in these TV shows, they're trying to make them approachable to people who have not already watched all the Marvel stuff. Right. Yeah. And so, or to people who have not read all the comic books. So if you haven't met a big villain by the end of episode five of Loki, I'm betting that you're not going to get a random reveal as part of the main plot line of episode six, right? It might be in the after credits that you get that person you're thinking is obviously behind it all that sort of, Oh, look, there's a nod to this, this big stupid blue guy sitting on a throne. Maybe it's yeah. grimace. Maybe it's Thanos. <laughs> who knows? But in the show itself, they're trying to tie these shows all together and make uh-huh. them a, th- and make them a thing in and of themselves. And also that's why I don't think we'll ever see a season two of most of these shows because they're going to change Falcon and the winter soldier to uh, captain America and the white wolf, or they're going to be, instead of Loki, it might be the enchantress or whatever. Right. Each of these are going to be right. series that sort of stand on their own, which is the best way because you want as many entry points into this universe as you can get. And I think it allows them to do things where in, if they were to do it in a movie, it would have to be a three minute scene because even as long as these Avengers movies are, like you don't really have more than three minutes to develop someone in some single part of their personality. Whereas with right. the shows, you can do a whole lot more. And I think what you can do is you can give minor characters a big entry, you know, like, and I always mm-hmm. like kind of equate yeah. this stuff to wrestling is often for a wrestling character, their first appearance especially if they're big, if they're supposed to be a big main event character, their first appearance is super important. They've got to look cool. The pyro has to hit. You have to understand what their character is supposed to be early because if not, you're going to spend the next eight weeks having to explain it when if you got it the first time, you can just make that character a star. And I think that's what we're seeing here is we're seeing a lot of cases where it's like, oh, let's take this this minor character. Let's take, you know, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and throw her in uh, so that you wonder what the hell she's going to be doing now, because (laughs) if nothing else, you know who Julia Louis-Dreyfus is. Let's take, you know, uh, this random character that if it were in the MCU proper movie would be like, hey, I'm here and guess who I am and I do this and this is what I am. Uh, And that's how you'd have to explain it because you only have so much time in a movie. And now you get to give them a big intro, um, which I think is super cool about these. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Well, uh, we don't want to do a whole episode on it, but I agree with (laughs) what you're saying. So without killing all the momentum of what we're talking about here. Indeed. uh, um, Does anybody have anything else that we've talked about before that they want to flash some light on? I know that actually, John, you talk. Oh, John, you talked about the Rat Queens and you and I are going to be testing Uh out one of the games that's going on to Kickstarter soon. uh, And that will be exciting. We'll be playing that with the creators or something like that. I don't know. If the, is there anything else we want to talk about? I'm curious how that game's gonna gonna capture the the thematic elements of the actual comic in itself. But as a side note to a previous Fortnightly, um, Donald, you recently talked about mustard, and um, uh, because of that, mm. I, I recently just uh, consumed about ten pounds of mustard. And uh, boy, was it! No, I'm just nice. I'm kidding about that. That's that, that's a that's a callback to last time when I said I consumed <laughs> ten pounds of Kerrygold butter. <laughs> Mm. Oh, Carrie Gold was on sale over uh, the 4th of July weekend. And uh, so for dinner tonight, I had bread and butter and watermelon. And 
that's my dinner. <laughs> God bless America. <laughs> that just sounds that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh-huh. I feel I feel like because of that, I should tell you about this text that I got from my dad, who said he discovered a new form of salad. This will be quite okay. amusing. Um, you can cut this out if you need to, but mm. um, my dad, bless his heart, bless his heart, bless his heart. <laughs> uh, let's see. He said, "Well, first you take a quarter cup of mayonnaise, and then you take a quarter cup of walnuts, and then you put some cubed cheese on it. Uh, put a little, put a little garlic, put a little garlic powder, and a little pepper or garlic salt and pepper." And then you mix mm. in uh, Cheetos, Cheetos paws, and boom, you eat it with a spoon. Ugh. Oh, that's just why, horrible. Why, why did you do that? And that's, and that's the salad my dad created. Why? What name? Uh, did he give the salad a name? I need the name of the salad. It, it better have some really fun, cute, oh, sorry. clever name. Sorry. He, he didn't call it a salad. He called it dinner cereal. Dinner cereal. Oh, that is not any better, really. No, but it did. It, uh, it did make me smile. So I, I t- talking about food. I have to clear the palate after that. That is, that is horrific <laughs> and horrible. Um, I, I, I don't know. It might have been six months, year and a half back. I was talking with uh, Bruce and Eric on a show about a, a beverage I made with Jambui and grapefruit soda and this other thing. And I was like, I, I should talk about that because. That's delicious as part of my, I'm sneaking in an extra segment, food segment to the fortnightly. I, said, I should search and find out if anybody has ever combined these marvelous things um, into an actual, an actual drink. So the drink I make is some sort of uh, either uh, soda water or um, better yet, grapefruit soda water, splash of burnt orange bitters and drambuie and ice. And that's it. That's, that's all you need. Um, though, if you have a, uh, you know, a twist of lemon or grapefruit peel, then, hey, that's all the better, right? Somebody else on the internet has made that with drambuie, grapefruit juice, a mint sprig, and an actual slice of grapefruit. I don't think that fruit has any place in my actual contact, you know, cocktail, actual fruit. (laughs) Um, But uh, we'll go there. So anyway, uh, to get the taste of John's dad's salad, that boy, that even sounds bad just saying that. Right? Um, (laughs) Out of your mouth. Dinner Um, cereal recommend that you substitute um the drambuie fresco with uh for the dinner cereal don't don't do the dinner cereal under any stretch of the imagination it's not a thing to eat uh, i'm gonna propose something bold yes uh let's let's tell and tell some things let's tell and tell some things. well i kind of cheated and did that but yes go okay. ahead um john well, then- tell and tell us a thing that is not related to the salad oh okay please, so, please so- god please we're going to make Bruce go last because everyone always complains when Bruce goes first that we can't live up to what <laughs> that he's- he takes everybody's. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, to start it off with talking about the things that we were originally going to be talking about on the show, um, there's a, a web series, web set of web episodes, uh, web tutorials that I'm currently watching that I'm really enjoying called Krutinger's Puppets. It's K-R-E-U-T-I-N-G-E-R. That's that's the guy's name, Adam Krutinger. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a, I guess you could say, professional. Yeah, he's a professional puppet maker. Um, he does a lot of stuff within his community and stuff, but mostly he's makes he's makes these videos to show people how to make puppets, um, different aspects of the the puppets. A lot of his puppets have that very Muppet kind of feel to it, 
Okay. It's a lot of those traditional types of puppets, but a lot of his more current episodes are getting into how to make different types of puppets. In particular, uh, one that I just saw recently was he was making these paper puppets. Um, and when he showed him, he showed you, he shows you how to make it step by step. And I was like, that's really awesome. The next day I made like about five or six of these suckers <laughs> and I took them, took them to my, my gaming group. And I was like, Hey, I made puppets of all your characters. And they were like, they were amazed. They were like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is so cool. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And the episode I just watched today was a nice 30 minute episode where he's like, I'm going to show you how to make a puppet without having to do any sewing. And that appeals to me because I don't sew. And this puppet comes out looking like, like one of your generic little monster puppets on, on Sesame street. So it looks, it looks kind of like an Elmo or something like that. And I was like, and it really does give you that vibe of, of I can do this. I have no skill and I can do this. And then I can make people go, wow, that your stuff is amazing. Um, and he's, he's, so, just, he's just really fun to watch. And I'm going to be making puppets now. He sells puppet patterns on his different websites and such. Um, okay. Or you can just, just get them off okay, of his nope. tutorials on YouTube if you want. That's mm. awesome. So then you've had practical experience making some of this stuff. And you like a normal person can take this in and actually accomplish it. Uh-huh. If I can do it. I wouldn't call John normal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying my next Cobalt game, probably puppets. Oh, I I mean, I like the stupid hats thing. That was great, but I understood. Stupid hats are good too. Puppets puppets are are awesome. Puppets make everything better. Right? Yeah. Puppets are good too. (laughs) Uh, So you need puppets and stupid hats. Uh, All right. Uh, Well, that's pretty cool. And, And that is a YouTube channel and you can buy buy patterns and um, hopefully John will provide us some pictures of the puppets that he made for the show mm-hmm. notes. Yeah, I will um, do that. And so that is, that's excellent. Wonderful. I have, wonderful. I have no pictures of the dinner right. cereal, but you know, yeah, please, no, please get don't, one. please do not. <laughs> we don't, we've already heard the recipe. You don't even need to make a, a recipe card out of it. We're good. Dinner <laughs> cereal salad. Sounds like it could be the name of the episode. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, I'm going to jump in here before, you know, Bruce gets all charming and excited on us. Uh, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to talk about a thing that I, that I never would have purchased if somebody said, Hey, go, you need to go and buy yourself a headphone or a microphone. So this is also asking for feedback from our listeners that I've been having lots of troubles with my microphones over the last past couple of months, years, I don't know, for a while. And uh, one of my coworkers, ended up with two sets of the steel series. Um, I don't even know which one it is. I think it was, uh, the pro, uh, one of the big ones. I, I didn't pay, pay full price for it. I was like, Oh, fine. I will buy, buy a set from you. And he gave me quite a deal. This is a headphone microphone corded. You plug it into a little knob on your desktop so that you can dial the volume back forth there and whatever. And then you also plug the mouse pad into it. And it all goes into the back of the machine. And so it has one of these giant, I don't know, two or three feet mouse pads on it. Um, and it's all lined in beautiful LED strips. Nice. Actually, actually I think I think there's just one LED, but it's got the fiber optic cable around the edge or whatever it is. Okay. And my head, headphones light up in color. And um, it has a mute button on the back of the headphones, which I frequently accidentally push. Um, and... Uh, 
it is for gaming an amazing headset and I'm recording on it now. And my question is for the listeners who have listened to uh, the past couple of years of our onboard games podcast or previous inverse genius stuff before we started the fortnightly, how's the sound? How do the, how do these things sound? So let me know. I'm really liking it. One of the cool things is that when it's muted, I've now set it up so that my mouse pad turns red. The light around the edge turns red. My headphones, the LEDs on the side turn red. And if I didn't have the little, uh, you know, wind guard over the, uh, over the microphone, yeah. it would also light up red, but unfortunately I can't see it because of the little thing. Um, yeah. but That's I really great. do feel like I'm commanding a spaceship with the steel series. Uh, I don't know. It's the Arctis pro or something. It's way, way too expensive of a thing, but it was a nice little kit that came with, you know, the beautiful mouse pad, the little deal and, uh, and all that. And, uh, yeah, so I'm loving it. It's very comfortable. Oh my goodness. It's comfortable. Nice. So not only are you talking about it, you're wearing it. We have uh, been experiencing it. This is more than merely tell and tell. This is as close to show and tell as we will ever get. Um, sure. <laughs> unless you go to the show notes. Yeah. Well, I'm going to assume you, you don't go to the show notes cause you're, you're not like a weird, weird person. Right. Yeah. I mean, or, you know, if you're not driving, maybe you'll check out the show notes, but yeah. the number of shows that I go, Oh, I need to remember that. And then it's gone from my podcatcher and I will never, ever think about it again. Indeed. <laughs> Sorry, advertisers. Um, but yeah, so loving it. And that is the steel series. Uh, and it is a beautiful mouse pad and headset combo. I didn't get the mouse. I went with the, uh, um, the Logitech G like 2005 or 25. I don't know what it is. It's, it lights up as well. It just doesn't do it in sync with all my other stuff. Um, and it has more buttons. I haven't figured out how to use. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's all, it's all kinds of neat. So I recommend it. If you're looking for headphones and you have more money than cents, or you just like the bright, shiny objects, go and check out, um, the, uh, the steel series and, uh, and don't complain to me about the price because I've warned you and I didn't pay full price. There we go. <laughs> if you're out there and you need all the noobs to know that they're going to get pwned. Mm. Yes. This is the kind of headphone. This is the kind of headphone that if you had a, had a, uh, a Twitch stream and you were serious about making people think you were serious, this is the kind of headphones you would get. If only you can start introducing yourself as, Hey everybody, it's your boy, Donald Dennis. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> if only we could get, if only we could get that, Th that's how we're going to know if it's some sort of like werewolf thing, uh, or some sort of government thing where it just starts to take you over through the headphones, through the steel series, not a sponsor. Oh, uh, that's how we'll find out is if all of a sudden in like two, four nightlies, Hey yep. everybody, it's your boy, Donald Dennis here. I got some things to talk to you about. <laughs> I, I tell you what, um, I was talking with Chris. Uh, who's been on the show before? He talked about um, uh, the Wabajack thing on a previous yep. episode. Um, he's he's the guy who helped fit me out with this rig, and we were talking about me starting up a Twitch stream and call it, uh, you know, uh, grumpy old fat gamer yells at games and um, and uh, or something like that. Grumpy old Sounds gamer like yells at money. games. Old gamer and, uh, yells at games. Yeah, like it. No, it was definitely grumpy. I mean, grumpy was in the title, okay, and okay. and old as well, but. Um, I, I still Simpson think, vibe. I I have 
I don't think I have the face for Twitch. That's all I'm saying. So, oh, I mean, then we just make you one of those uh, like cartoon avatars. Yeah, you uh, can be a vir- either a virtual host or you can have a puppet. Oh my I god! Could, it oh. all comes back. Nice. Well, oh. Nephilope did offer to help set me up with a a custom uh, reactionary avatar that would talk when I talk and do that kind of stuff. Uh, but nice. puppets, I'm thinking puppets sounds better. Oh my um, god! And a little puppet sized glowing headset, so it's also ready to pwn there noobs. There you go. There you go. Oh. Occasionally sparks and. Uh, it lights on fire. I'm thinking that Here's that would be bit. my puppet. And I know that we're uh, this is too much for the fortnightly, but we're gonna. I want to work through this bit with you. Yeah. Is that you somehow the puppet is both you and also your co-host? Nice. Um, I don't know how that works. I want it to be kind of like you're always like not not on screen, and you do the whole bit. It's because I it's because I don't have a face for Twitch. Um, and the puppet's always there, but the puppet has some kind of name like like Noob Poner sixty nine. Right. And the puppet occasionally just goes way off key, and you're like, come back, come back. Uh, that you have to reel the puppet in. Okay, Master Domley, get back online. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that occasionally you have to like bring the hook out and, and just take the puppet away. I, the, the, I always imagined when Scott was doing his board games with Scott that I would do a, a YouTube channel, but it would always end with like the cat running across the table, lights falling, and some sort of explosion. You nice. Know. Or something like that. Mm. And then I realized, well, I don't have that kind of money um, or that kind of time. So it didn't happen. But Fair. Uh, so that's it. Steel series, uh, not as cool as puppets, um, but certainly flashier. Yeah, um, unless it's a flashing puppet. Uh, Bruce, get me out yes. of this hole. Okay. So the thing I want to talk about is uh, it's, a, it's a child's toy. Let's start with that. Um, I have gotten myself an arcade one up. So what an arcade one up is, is it's a three quarter size arcade game. And by that, I mean, it's three quarters the size of an arcade game and it has the same look. It has the same uh, general footprint, I guess. But where an arcade cabinet weighs 300, 350 pounds and is made out of real stuff, an arcade one up is made (laughs) like Ikea furniture. Um, and, and it's a, very, it's only like one third or two thirds the scale, right? Um, they say it is three quarter size. Like that's literally, but, but when you put it next to, it's not fair to put it next to an arcade game. It just, it looks, it's a joke at that point. Um, but right. if you don't have it near a real arcade game, it looks pretty legit. Uh, they've <laughs> taken, like they've taken the time. Huh. They've licensed all the correct games. They've licensed all of the art. Um, they've even gotten to the point now to where the marquees at the top of the screen light up. Uh, they've done a lot to really like make you feel like you're here's how I would explain it. Uh, have either of you ever played guitar hero? Yes. Okay. So, you know, have you ever talked to a person that plays real guitar about guitar hero? Yes. (laughs) Okay. And here's what happens is they say to you, it's not even a real guitar. You're not even using the skills of a guitar player. It's a rhythm game. And you're like, yeah, but like, look at my sweet guitar. That's branded fender. And they're like, yeah, well, Fender makes shot glasses, too. But if you pound back a shot, you didn't play a Fender. Uh, And they're right. Everything they said is right. However, if you are playing Guitar Hero and you are in the zone, I dare you to tell me I didn't feel like I was playing guitar. 
Uh, I don't care that I wasn't playing guitar. It all melts away because in that moment, I'm in the middle of my living room back to back with a friend of mine while one of us is playing the lead and the other one's playing the bass and we're living our poison fantasy. And I do not care about the fact that it's not actually a guitar and that I have no appreciable musical talent whatsoever. That is an arcade one-up. So Hmm. when anybody tells you it's not made out of the right stuff, the joystick doesn't feel right. The buttons aren't quite right. It's an emulation, not a real board. Uh, the size is not correct. The colors are a little off. It doesn't use real team molding. It's got paint. That's absolutely correct. Everything they say is right. Um, if you're of a certain height, you can't even play it. Some of them didn't have lit marquees. Sometimes they don't look right. Sometimes they've stolen things and mishmashed machines together. Once again, all correct. But when I'm running from Inky, Pinky, Blinky, and Clyde, it feels a lot like I'm playing Pac-Man. Um, and like a lotly. Like, I'm loving it. I'm freaking out. I, I'm getting the same kind of like uh, <laughs> a raised heart rate that you get when you get a real solid case of Pac-Man fever. Um, I really dig it. You do have to get over the fact that it is a child's toy. Um, people pretend it isn't because they're, because they're not cheap. Uh, they're, they're, they're more than you'd want to spend on just like literally a child's toy, but do not forget that who looks appropriate standing in front of it is like maybe a three-year-old, any bigger than well. a three-year-old and you need like a stool. Like I have a chair that sits in front of mine, uh, so that I can feel like a human being playing it. And with that, it feels great. I love it. The one that I got my hands on is the 40th anniversary of Pac-Man. So they made it to look like the old cabaret machine where the stickers on the sides are like wood grain. And uh, it's wonderful. And I love it so much. I'm gutting it, filling it with real arcade parts and building (laughs) up to essentially be an arcade game made out of Ikea furniture. Now, wait a minute. Okay. All right. So yeah, that is fine. And, and if this is what brings you joy, then I'm all in. But I've got to say that so many games have been put out through so many different formats. Yes. And, and Scott did a video pinball machine. It's not actually pinball, but it's video pinball. So who gives a shit? Because he, he's enjoying himself. And, and so I don't think all the people, this is not the, the podcast where we think angrily about stuff. Um, even when we mention DC movies. All right. Um, this instead is the podcast where we say, this is what I like about it. And this is what's exciting. Now, Eric has legit made himself a video game cabinet that is made out of plywood or whatever. It's like, so if you need help actually assembling, since you're buying the right parts and all that, the frame for your video game cabinet and getting something that is tall enough that you could stand up without crippling your lower back, we, we might be able to help you out. So here's the deal. Um, and I think there's, there's very, so I also have a video pinball machine, mm. uh, that, that I put together and it looks good. And it's like a two third size. I don't have the room to put a full size arcade game here. Uh, okay. I also okay. like the look of that Pac-Man cabaret. Like I literally have been hunting for Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man cabaret machines. Uh, they right. would almost be the right size to fit and all that kind of stuff. And I can pick this machine up. I found someone on Facebook marketplace selling it. I walked in their house. I handed them some money. I picked it up and walked out with it, with them getting the doors for me. I can do that. And still it feels like Pac-Man when I'm playing it. All right. Um, so, so for me, it gives me the form factor that gives that like, oh, that's cool. 
and sitting at it, it feels legit enough. And like now that I'm putting in the real joystick and the real buttons, I don't even think there's going to be that. I think it's just going to be real. Um, it is just that it shrunk down, which means it can fit in my basement. If there's a flood, God forbid, I'll be able to pick it up and run it upstairs. Um, and there's something about all that I really like. It is a form factor uh, that I enjoy. I wish it was a little taller, of course, and I haven't bought the stand to stand it up. People say that if you do that, it feels right. I was going to actually mention that is that uh, they knew this was an issue and they were, they did release a stand. Uh, yeah. Be careful with the stand because things will be pushed off of stands. But yeah, and they've done that. And specifically for the 40th anniversary Pac-Man, the look of it, they did a terrible job because they put the wood panel on the front and not on the sides. Whereas on the machine, it's on the sides, and not on the front. They've done huh. some games where that kind of like checkerboard thing worked. Pac-Man is not one of them. It should look like wood going down both sides because that's how that old machine looked. And that's probably that's me, you know, with an onion on my belt, as was the style at the time, uh, right. screaming up at the world. And but. it's not going to matter if you get five more and it's in line with them. But when you've only got one or two of them, then you need it on the side. You've got to exactly. have it on the side. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. A lot of what a lot of people like about these is that. So for one machine used, you can expect to spend about fifteen hundred dollars uh, for a used machine in good working order. This Holy is not, mackerel. The prices, the prices went no, up. No, after no. These. That's for a real machine. Oh, for a okay. real like Pac-Man. <laughs> no, that's okay. not for these. These are like between three and six hundred dollars a piece. So yeah. if I take, uh, so uh, because they did stuff like NBA Jam, where instead of it being a one-player game, it's a four-player game and it hooks to the internet. Or they're about to put out um, Ninja Turtles, Turtles Through Time. And I think uh. it's obscene. It's like $800. But all the lights glow, or all the, I'm sorry, mm. all the uh, buttons glow. Under every single one of the 16 buttons is like a ring light for each of the turtles. Like they've really kind of really kitted them out. Um, I don't, for me, they didn't kid them out enough to be worth that. I blew a couple hundred bucks and got Pac-Man because that's what I wanted. I'm putting in all the wiring harnesses and stuff to make it play 500 games so I can have Donkey Kong and Pac-Man and Burger Time and Ring King and, you know, all the stuff that I want. And for me, at the price this ends up being in the end, which is, you know, like a third of what I would pay for a full-size machine, I don't have to uh, get a friend of mine, which we're all way too old now for me to pay somebody in pizza to help me like get a machine down <laughs> in the basement. Um, I really dig it. I would say all of the problems people can levy against it, all of the sound in your voice that you had when you, when you heard me say I, 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 what I was doing to it, that's all very fair. However, um, if you can look past that and you just want to either to spend for a modest amount of money and have a basement with like seven video games in it. So you feel like you own a Chuck E cheese. Right. Um, <laughs> or if you're like me, where you really don't have the space for something as big as an arcade game, but you want that feeling. And for me, for years, I've bought like every Data East greatest hits for the PlayStation 1 and Pac-Man Museum for the Switch. Um, because there's some part of me that wants that, you know, that arcade feel again. Right. Um, and this gives me enough of it that I feel good about it. Uh, once again, when anybody comes with the negativity, I don't disagree with them. If you really want to nitpick it, yeah, it's not an arcade game, and there's no amount of anything that makes it one. I think but, it is an arcade game. I, I mean, I was just offering that to you since it sounded like you were going to be investing a lot of stuff. I wasn't dissing the fact that you liked this thing enough to to buy the extra pieces to to pump it up. I mean, good on you. I'm, I'm seriously, I think it's amazing. Yeah, I get a big kick out of it, and the other cool thing is is that the price point of everything is low enough that people are home brewing. All kinds of absurd stuff 
to put on these because like craft people out there that are having fun with it. Uh, these things are cheap enough to get them to tinker with them. So like I have the Pac-Man, one of the problems with it, if you've ever seen like any old Pac-Man machines is the marquee on a Pac-Man, the light, the light bar at the top is like right at the front of the machine. And when mm. they made this, they made it like every other machine where it sits back eight inches. So people have taken the time to say like, oh, well, we'll just completely remake a thing you can screw into the top that lights the marquee up, moves it to the front, makes it look like a Pac-Man game. I, the mm. fact that people are doing that is awesome. The fact that I, uh, in a one hour video I watched, have learned how to wire a JAMA harness uh, into a video game. I think it's just a really cool thing about this. The community behind it, although toxic as every fandom. Uh, has created some kind of neat stuff. Like you have people that own print shops that are like, oh, well, you know what? Really the front of the Pac-Man machine should probably have the 40th anniversary logo. And we could probably make that look like wood too. So how about I make you a sticker for 30 bucks you can put on it. And now your machine looks like it was completely customed up. Like that kind of stuff is happening. And I just think that's so much fun. Uh, if you want to tinker with a machine, but if you do something wrong, you're not out, you know, $1,500. You didn't make a, a critical error that you can't fix. I think uh, it is absolutely amazing. I can't say enough positive uh, about at least the arcade one up product. If you want something that kind of feels like a video game and you're not going to nitpick it for all the reasons it's not a video game or not an arcade game is definitely mm -hmm. a video game. Yes. All right. Wonderful. Uh, did we have any big thing we want to talk about trends in entertainment or a uh, movie or, uh, or anything, or do we want to just wrap this thing up since we've already been talking for, uh, already 40 minutes or so. And I feel like we covered Loki. We did. Well, yeah, yeah but I mean, that's yeah, part did. of our flashback. It's a, it's a, it's then it's now it's a whole timeline thing, baby. Right. Oh. And we can't really talk about black widow yet. Cause that's a couple days out. Yeah, it is. And I, the question is, do you need to see it before the last episode of Loki comes out or can you wait until afterwards? I, th I think uh. you can probably wait. I think they're in different parts of the universe right now. Because Amazing. I don't really want to go to the theater on opening weekend. Though, uh, on the other hand, see, if I thought it was going to be kind of empty, I would absolutely want to go on. Well, see, my, my local comic shop, um, Scratch and Spin Comics huh. out in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, um, they, they're, for their Shout customers, for their customers they, they were able to get uh, free tickets. So Friday night at the movie theater not too far from my house, um, is the opening night of Black Widow? It's it's just Scratch and Spin um, customer appreciation night. So could I become one will... of their customers? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I buy a lot of stuff from them. I'm sure I could score you a couple tickets if you wanted to no, come down. <laughs> and don't nah. forget, if you absolutely don't want to go to the theater, it is a Disney Plus uh, marquee, whatever they call it. Yeah, premium. Uh, you or can whatever get it on Disney Plus for just the cost of uh, three movie tickets. Yeah, you know, John, I would <laughs> love, I would love to come there and, and see it with you, but I got to edit this episode of the podcast uh, before Saturday, so probably wow. not, not going to be a thing. Um, and uh, yeah, and if if Bruce's people had gotten back in touch with him earlier, right? Then uh, I know. Yeah, I'm sorry. Anyway, um, <laughs> I know I said not Bruce, Bruce's people. I understand, but I mean, I'm, they're not here to apologize, so I'm going to apologize for them. You're standing up. And remember, if you want to be Bruce's people, contact me at Bruce Co. Thinks and say, hey, I want to be on uh, Fortnightly. I got things I want to tell and tell about. Uh, we'd love to have you. Oh, 
Yeah, before we get to that, um, I saw a Bruce Willis movie that I want to mention. Oh, no. That came out in 2020. It's, so that means it's, it's not Hudson Hawk. It is absolutely not Hudson Hawk. Oh. And I'm trying to pull up the uh, uh, pull up his, his thing so that I can I feel see. like Why we should talk about Hudson Hawk now. I mean, uh, I mean, we could talk about Hudson Hawk. That would be actually we should we should do that. That should be our thing. But um, if as we're rolling into, <laughs> as we're rolling into to this, he was in this this movie called Breach, and okay. I'm guessing neither one of you have seen it. Oh God, no! The last uh, the last uh, Bruce Willis movie I saw was Hudson Hawk. Okay, wow. so into that's okay. Red, I liked. Okay, I liked some of the other movies that he's been in. But anyway, Breach. Came out 2020, saw it free on Amazon. It is, uh, Earth is being abandoned. It, this is like the lap sh- last ship off the planet. So it kind of relates back to one of the episodes of Loki. Um, and it's a horror movie. And um, my gosh, it is the best, worst kind of B-grade schlock nice. science fiction horror. Man. We huh. loved it. And disrespected it through the entire movie. I was like, okay, obviously huh. they were writing some of this dialogue on the back of P- Dixie Cups as it was being written, as it was being filmed. Um, nice. it, it had some neat sets. It had a heck of a cast. There was there were some good folks in the cast. Um, if you ever saw, well, no, I'm not going to go into the rest of the cast. But anyway, it was Bruce Willis. <laughs> it was Breach. It was bad, and it was good, and it was all of those. It was. Horrible in all the right ways. Um, so, yeah, I recommend it. it and uh, you got to see some Doctor Who quality monsters. Nice. Um, so, mm. yeah, there you go. I'm sure they thought it was going to be a big deal. But um, it was apparently Bruce Willis just wanted to make a movie. And they put him in as the grumpy old janitor. Yeah, huh. He does that like once every uh, 25 years. He's allowed no. to just make a movie because he's Bruce Willis. And a lot more no often than that really now. It. What? A lot more often than that now. He's been oh. in a lot of dubious movies, but this one was fun in all the worst ways. Well, And you said that's on Amazon Prime? Yes, it is. Very that good. Was, that was Breach. So Hudson Hawk. We, let's do our Hudson Hawk thing real quick. Well, since- you know, I was, okay. Uh, so uh, back in the 80s, uh, yes. people really uh, liked uh, Bruce Willis, and they were like, sure, man, you can do whatever movie you want. And oh he gosh. said, all right. I don't think you mean that. <laughs> so he, he brought them Hudson Hawk. Uh, oh. So, so uh, Bruce Willis plays character uh, known as the Hudson Hawk, where he was a cat burglar and such a notorious cat burglar that his cat burgling skills uh, are more or less superpowers. He's mm-hmm. that guy. And you see anytime you have an escape artist or a cat burglar, it doesn't matter what you put him in. They can get out of it and then put you in it. And that's where he is. He could have gotten himself out of jail if he wanted to. He just did. He was a scamp and he didn't want to uh, mess with authority that way. But when he leaves, he also gives him the finger because he's a cool guy. Yeah. Um, and he, he ends up and just like every uh, story like this, he tries to get out. And they pull him back in. <laughs> uh, he has to. He has to do crimes again. He has to steal cats, as he does. He has to burgle cats. Um, but one of the things I really like is, is in his <laughs> cat burgling, 
Mm. Uh, because he's got to do things like time the guards and time the locks and make sure that videos he set up because this is a time where that would have been a thing. You got to change the tapes and things because uh, it's very 19. It's very of its time. It's it was very, in the heyday of the everything has to be in a three act structure. Yes. Um, yes. You know. Everything so. must be a three act structure and the technology is uh, chef's kiss. Yes, uh, it is specifically between the period of 1987 and 1992, and you can tell as you're watching it. Um, <laughs> but I think one of the best things, one of the coolest things in that movie, and anybody that's ever seen it and liked it uh, will agree. And uh, if both of you have seen it and liked it, you're going to agree that to time his crimes, he does it with a song. Uh-huh. Yes. So he and his accomplice will sing a duet together while breaking into the Museum of Art in New York. Because uh, you can do that easily. Um, but and, and there's even a thing like where they go, okay, how long to the alarms? Uh, it's going to be 4, 14. Oh, well, should we do uh, Mini the Moocher? No, not Mini the Moochers, 422. We need to be close to 417. Uh, right, swing right. it on a star. It's like, wait, which version? It's recording of it, yeah. You're right. It was which version? Um, and they're doing this crime while seeing swinging on a star because that tells them when to be at the right time that the uh, guards can't see them and all that kind of stuff. Um, so there, there you go. I've laid out the basic movie and now there's just uh, one thing I want to add. Uh, but they do it because, uh, Da Vinci had a gold making machine. (laughs) There you go, folks. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the unconnected end part that comes in together and gives Sandra Bernhardt, of all people, oh uh, just an oh. amazing role in the movie. Sandra Bernhardt's fantastic. Danny Aiello's in the movie. Danny uh-huh. Aiello, I don't think I'm going to uh, ruin the movie by telling you this. Danny Aiello dies. Danny Aiello gets shot four times, put in a car that explodes over a cliff. We mourn Danny Aiello. 30 seconds later, he's alive and back. And when they say to him, <laughs> how the hell did you survive that? He goes, I don't know either. That's the movie that Hudson Hawk is. And oh, man. I, I, I tell you what. Um, the first time I saw it, I hated everything about the movie except for the singing. Years <laughs> later, years later, one of my friends was like, this is the best movie ever. You've, you've got to watch it again. You will love it. I don't know whether I was drinking or why, but I do remember enjoying it much, much more. I mean, having a good, maybe because, you know, the whole shadow of Die Hard had left Bruce Willis, um, you know, like a fart in the <laughs> wind years ago. But I enjoyed it so much later. How about you, John? You were going to say something. Well, well, first off, um, for UCSI Miami fans, David Caruso is also in this film. Oh my God, of, David Caruso is maybe the barely, best character in the movie. He barely says, I don't think he sa- he might say one he word. He does not say, maybe. I think I think he might say one word. His best right. role ever. <laughs> he, is, he is pretty awesome. Yeah, so you watch this movie just so you can see everybody who's in it and go, oh my gosh, I know these people from these other things I'm, I'm with you. Well, okay. I'm not quite with you on this Donald, uh, in this respect. Um, I, when I first saw it, I, I loved this movie. I was like, this movie is everything <laughs> that's, that's stupid and horrible that I want it to be. And it's great. And every time I watched it, I liked it a lot more. Um, until no, no, I, no, I, okay. I, still, no, until. I still, I still like, I thought there movie. was a turn. Here. No, the problem was, uh, when it came out, everyone was like, 
everyone was like, oh, Die Hard, but they'd forgotten about, um, you know, whatever it was, Return of Bruno or whatever. Um, kids, go look up that yeah. music musical uh, extravaganza. <laughs> Enjoy that. <clears throat> um, but it's it's funny. Never so there's – well, you uh, – that's my present to you then, Donald. Um, so, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so it's, it's funny because a lot of times when I'm out, um, people who hang out with me a lot know that I like to go outside and grill food. I like to throw food mm. at fire and make it tasty. What, what I don't really tell a lot of people is, uh, only a few people know this, and now everybody who listens to this is going to know this, uh, the way I time my cooking it's very much the way Hudson Hawk performs his crimes. I go, oh, I'm cooking burgers, so I know I need, so I, I need this song, and I'll either cue it up on something and play it, or I'll hum it in my head. Or if no one's out there, or sometimes if people are out there, I'll just start kind of singing the song. That's great. So that being said, uh-huh. the key to the best character burger is uh, "Night of the Living Bassheads" by Public Enemy. You get about halfway. When you get it, when you get to, right to the part where Professor Griff comes in, that's when you flip the burgers. Thank you for I laughing, was Bruce. None of that. <laughs> yeah, I, apparently, I will never have a best cooked burger. Is what I have learned. Oh, that's a shame. Um, you know, so, but maybe I'll write that down once editing. But um, <laughs> oh, that's so you don't bad. just poke it until it quits mooing. That's you know no. the way I cook. It's like that's. <laughs> Doesn't feel like jelly on the inside. It's probably done. Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right, uh, well, that's that's exciting. <laughs> oh, there is one other thing that I want to, as, since I did a, a so bad it's good thing earlier. I, I do have to shout out as as Chris um, Bell, um, one of our previous guests here. Uh, he, he's so bad, he's good. No, no. Um, so I have a thing with my friends is that they can recommend movies to me until they hit that point. At which they can no longer recommend movies to me. So okay. Stephanie Fry, who joined me good. as the co- co-host for uh, Games in Schools and Libraries, um, recommended to that, that Connie and I watch Repo the Genetic Opera. Oh, nice! Um, mm. So she could no longer recommend movies to me. Oh, because that's, that's, that's hit that, or miss. That's hit or miss. That is horrific, bad movie. Anyway, but um, so he said that I needed to watch Army of the Dead on Netflix, which is the Zack Snyder zombie movie thing. Yeah. Um, hmm. Once again, so bad it's good. I think that nice. uh, it is dumb. It is not a smart movie in any way, shape, or form. Uh, everyone's idiot. Dave Bautista can still not act, but I still enjoy him and everything that he's in. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, Tig Notaro, hilarious. And there were more characters in it that I just had fun with than people had said. Um, and I am not a Zack Snyder fan. Okay. If Zack Snyder's doing his own stuff and not doing other people's stuff, then he can do stuff. But when hmm. what he's doing is adapting other people's named and known properties, it is generally not what I am a fan of. We'll just say Fair. that. How about that? Um, but um, I had fun with Army of the Dead. Um, do you all have a movie or video you want to throw in here since I've just thrown in two extras? Um, uh, if- I'll re- Real quick, in, in this whole genre, the ultimate movie of rich, powerful uh, actors and actresses make a movie that they don't care is bad because they have all the money on earth and it doesn't have to do well. <laughs> yes. Mars attacks. Oh, oh yes. Heck Mars yeah. attacks is a high watermark of that type of brazen cinema where uh, rich people have decided they want to make a thing and they're going to have fun and you don't need to buy a ticket because they're just going to do it. 
Jack oh, Nicholson's man. just going to play three roles. You know why? Because he's Jack Nicholson. Jack what are you going to do about it? The Lakers aren't <laughs> doing well, and he's going to be three characters. And it's amazing. Mars Attacks, a movie based on a trading card series uh, uh-huh. that even uh, even the trading card series is largely considered classic but not good, and they based a movie on it. You got it, folks. They had so much fun in that, and I yep. loved it. Oh, whole, we could have done that as one of our uh, one of our group, oh, yeah. group talks. Uh, that we is should at some point. Yeah, so nice. Oh, wow. John, throw something in. Okay. Um, well, a movie that you're probably going to be like, eh, but then you're going to watch it and love it. Jesse mm-hmm. and the Pussycats. Okay. Jesse okay. and the Pussycats with Rachel Lee Cook and Rosario Dawson. Yep. And kind of like Hudson Hawk, a bunch of other people you're going to watch and go, oh, wow, Alan Cumming is in this? <laughs> huh. All right, so you're gonna you're gonna spend you're gonna put your token. You're going all in on this, and then we'll see if you get another vote later. Is that what I'm hearing? Heck yeah, heck yeah, okay. Jesse and the Pussy nice. Cats. Great movie, great movie. Right. And there you go. Well, there you go. All right, so everybody, I would like to thank you for listening to this uh, largely confused and meandering episode of the Inverse Genius <laughs> Fortnightly. Um, I appreciate your tolerances for all of my enthusiasms. I would like to thank uh, John. Thank you for coming back once again and, and sharing with us your excitement and passion for stuff. Where can you be found? Um, always a pleasure. And of course, check me out on swarmcastpodcast.com. And Bruce. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much for being exciting. When uh, I start to fall asleep, it's, it's wonderful to have you on. Thanks for having me. <laughs> where, 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 where can you be found? You know where to find me. I do, but maybe they fell asleep at the beginning of the they show. They know where now. to find me. One place. Give, give. Come on, Bruce. I uh, on Twitter at Brusco thinks. Why not? I think things usually about uh, some board games, drag queens, and professional wrestling. Nice. All right, and I'm Donald Dennis. You can find me all over the walls of the Dictator's Walsfio. Uh, head on over to InverseGenius.com and find out more about uh, our shows. Visit us over on the Inverse Genius Facebook group. Uh, go listen to some of our other shows like On Board Games. And, uh, of course, yeah, the, the Party Gamecast is one that, that we talk about sometimes. And we sometimes make it. So that's yes. good. <laughs> you had a new episode out. We do. We have a new episode that came out uh, about a week ago. And we should have a new one coming out in about three weeks. So I All think right. we're almost we're almost up to full uh, to full power. Nice. So head over to the Inverse Genius Group and tell us what you're excited about that we need to tell people about. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. That's it for this episode of the Inverse Genius Podcast. The Inverse Genius Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 license. Thank you.